You're listening to episode 222 of the FitzPro podcast. And again, I recorded 221 and 222 at the same time. So again, noting the audio, hopefully it sounds fine for you guys. I adjusted all the things. I hate shit audio. I hate low quality audio. So I apologize if there is an echo, if there's anything wrong with the audio, please stick with me. I promise this is a valuable episode, which is on becoming an authority in your niche. This, the title of this episode obviously sounds very cliche, very drab business. Who doesn't have an episode on becoming an authority or building credibility or building your niche, but it matters. It's something that you want, I think, in business. And so I want to give my take on how to become an authority figure in your niche and maybe debunking some of the things about you having to be an actual expert, because I really don't think that I think there are very few actual experts out there in our fields, but you want to be known for something. You want to be recognizable to your audience. And so that is what we're going to go over today. Without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller. Certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs, aka not your average fitspo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a fitspo. Before we start today's episode, be sure to check out my free on-demand workshop, Your Biz, Your Way, Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business. If you have not, that is obviously for online health and fitness professionals, which I hope you are if you are listening to this episode. If you've got $27 to spare, also check out my Know Your Niche content guide. If you like today's episode, get the guide. It will, I hope, simplify identifying your niche and how that's different than your ideal client and hopefully give you some skills and some empowerment in owning what you want to talk about and what your passions are within this space. So check out those two things. The links are in the show notes. Go to anniemiller.co backslash workshop dash register for the free workshop. Go to anniemiller.co backslash niche N-I-C-H-E for the Know Your Niche content guide. When people say that you don't need a niche, I ask how that's going and I will wait. I will sip my coffee. I will sip my scotch. I will sip my glass of wine, my sparkly water, or as my nieces and nephews call it, my spicy water. I will wait for you to tell me how not having a niche is going for your business. How is that for your profitability? I'm interested. I'm going to assume it's not going great. I'm going to assume there's some room for improvement. And we must ask the question when talking about a niche, is online health and fitness coaching saturated? This is a question that has gotten asked for at least five years now. And you know, in my ecosystem, I've heard it asked. Fact is, does that matter? Does it matter? For me, it's just an excuse to say that you won't stand out. The industry is too saturated, so I might as well not try. That's what I hear. Now, that might not be your feelings, but I do think that it is factually true. 
And I just won't buy into the conversation about the industry being saturated outside of saying, I don't care if it is. There's room for you. You have a different take than somebody else does. You are going to have a different approach than somebody else does. Even if you do nutrition and coaching, you're going to develop your own philosophy. If you're building a personal brand, people are going to relate to you because you are you if you can position yourself well. And you've heard me say it before. Maybe you haven't, so I'll say it again. If the industry is saturated, should we just add no more coaches? There's no more room. Nope, no more coaches. We should just call it what it is. The industry is as is. And because it's saturated, we should just stop. We have enough coaches. Like that's so freaking silly, right? That's why I think it's a a silly question. The question is not, is the coaching industry saturated? It's how are you gonna set yourself apart? In any market, whether it's saturated or not, you need to know how to set yourself apart. You need to know how to communicate that. And that is what today's episode is about. So quote unquote, standing out and rising above the noise is not as hard as you might be making it out to be in your head. I want you to entertain that. And that's good news for you. Here's how you can become the kind of go-to person in your audience's mind for your area of focus. I used to, and I still do sometimes refer to this as your expertise, but like I said in the intro, very few humans are true experts if we're being honest. So I kind of veered away from expertise and it is a bit of semantics, but I changed to saying your area of focus. Like what is your area of passion? What do you wanna talk about? We want you to become the go-to person for whatever that is. So. I'm going to give you three things today. Number one is to be you. Take time to figure out what that actually means. Obviously, you know you need to be you. I hope that you can see why you enjoy following the people that you enjoy following on social media, why you enjoy listening to the podcasts that you enjoy listening to, and that the person being authentically themselves is part of that, I hope. This is going to show up in how you speak, what makes your brand human, What is your vibe? And it does help to identify these things. We're not building a persona. I want you to basically dissect yourself. What would your friends and family say to you? What would colleagues say about you? And you might even do some market research. You might ask your audience, you know, what three words make you think of me? Or what three words would you use to describe me? And you'll see some common themes and you can essentially capitalize on those. You can make a point to emphasize those within your brand. Another thing you're going to look at is your core values. This is still under number one of being you. So how you speak, speaking how you actually speak is important. What makes your brand human? What is your vibe? Do some market research if you can't identify that yourself, because you have one, but sometimes it can be hard to actually verbalize these things about ourselves. And then your core values, being clear. I think just as a human being, your core values should be clear and you should take time to figure that out. But also those are going to typically be the core values that you have in business as well. So there's some correlation there and people oftentimes will be attracted to or align with your brand based on those core values because they're going to permeate the content that you create, the way that you function within your offer, how you serve your clients. Your core values are going to all be a part of that. So this is step one in becoming an authority within your niche is to actually know who the heck you are and to identify that and to be able to communicate that 
creatively through your content. Number two is getting more into your brand, which is knowing your philosophy and your why. And I'll add in here your brand story. If you've never created, or I shouldn't say created because it's not created. If you've never identified and laid out your brand story, I encourage you to do that. What is your coaching approach? This is your actual methods that you use within coaching, like your process, as well as the beliefs in health and fitness and how those affect or apply to your audience. So we have the beliefs about your area of focus, And then we have your actual methods that you use. And this to me kind of makes up your coaching approach or your philosophy. Then when we talk about your brand story, that is, where did you come from? What's the backstory? Why is that your coaching approach? Why is that your coaching philosophy? Where did that come from? What experiences shaped how you ended up where you are. You might not think you have a brand story. I didn't for a long time. I can remember walking to the coffee shop in Santiago, Chile. It was our first location in World Travels and I was rebuilding Built by Annie. I was redreaming it up. How can I create a program that's three days a week? How can I serve somebody who's more advanced in weightlifting? These are questions that I was asking. How do I take this membership and get it to a point where I can make $10,000 a month? And that was, that was my goal. That was, that was what was happening in Santiago, Chile. And I just felt like I don't have a story or I felt like, I remember thinking I'm in my story. I'm in it right now. I can't see it. I can't identify it because I'm currently in it. I'm going to look back on this moment, walking to this coffee shop, building built by Annie one day and be like, that was a part of my story. So again, you might not think you have a story now, Maybe you're in it, but you probably do. At that point, I hadn't identified that a back injury that I had in 2014 is part of my brand story. Coming from college athletics is part of my brand story. That shapes how I show up as a coach. That shapes my coaching philosophy. That shapes my focus of program design over other areas of fitness. This is going to take time and energy and reflection And your brand story may shift. Maybe you think it's one thing now, but you look back in two years from now and it's actually something slightly different. That's totally okay. But I want you to identify something because I do think having a backstory and knowing where you came from and knowing why you have the philosophy that you have is very powerful. And I think sharing that with your audience can do a lot for you becoming an authority figure in your niche. My personal story and my brand story was not what I thought it had to be. And that was my superpower in business. And that is what set me apart. I didn't have a weight loss story. I wasn't a CrossFitter. I didn't fit into powerlifting. I wasn't a fitness competitor. I literally was like, I just like to lift weights. That I like, That's what I like to do. And end of story. I don't lift weights to look a certain way. I don't lift weights to lose weight. I don't care that much about nutrition. It's important. I can recognize that, but like, I don't want to teach it to people. Oh, I can just write weightlifting programs for people. That's a thing that's allowed. I don't have to be an influencer. I don't have to be a fitspo. I don't have to be a weightlifter or a crossfitter or a whatever fit into these different boxes that I saw online. That was my superpower once I realized that. And it took me two and a half years 
into business to realize that. I'm trying to expedite that process for you. I want you to find your story earlier and I want you to own your story. I once had a, a, a business client who was a nutritional therapy practitioner and she was a white, thin woman and she felt that she could not speak out about weight loss and speak out about body autonomy and speak out about body neutrality in these experiences because of the fact that she was white and thin. And I thought that that is so silly. You're not willing to share your passion because of immutable characteristics about yourself. Not today. Not today. Not with me, not in my corner of the fucking internet. Your story is your story. Nobody gets to take that from you. They can have thoughts about it. They can have opinions, etc. But your story is where your philosophy came from. Your story is where your belief system, your core values come from. And when we are building personal brands, that is so important to identify that. Feel very passionate about this, obviously. Please know your philosophy, know your why, and know your brand story which it can be more than one story. I always say one to three brand stories. Identify those, please. That's number two. Number three, who you want to work with, what problems you want to solve. You need to know these things. You need to know who you want to work with. You need to know what problems you solve. And I put a dash there because it can be one or the other. Some people, I've talked about this and I talk about it in my free ideal client avatar creator. You can go to anniemiller.co backslash ICA, the letters ICA, to get that for free. Some people's ideal client is a actual demographic. I work with millennial moms trying to feel like an athlete again. Okay, so that has the demographic, millennial moms, and the problem. They want to feel like an athlete again. Whatever life circumstances, likely becoming a mother, have stopped them, have put a halt in, have changed the way that they feel about their body and the abilities of their body. They want to feel like an athlete again. Some people's brands are not restricted to or do not identify an actual demographic So a description of the ideal client, it is strictly problem-based. You help people get out of pain. You help active people get out of pain. You help past athletes get out of pain. You help people feel like athletes again. It doesn't have to be something specific. Can it help to be specific? Yes. It just doesn't have to be. So again, I think that there's two approaches to your ideal client. There's a client-based and a problem-based. Everyone has to have the problem-based part as a business. Everybody has to be able to identify that. But the client base, that demographic doesn't always have to be clear or doesn't have to be restricted. So maybe you legit do work with 65-year-old men and 25-year-old women and it's it's not that part doesn't matter to your brand. That's okay. You can get more specific over time if you would like to, but just know that you can kind of look at your ideal client and who you want to work with from these two different perspectives, a specific person, as well as just the specific problem. We all have to have the problem piece though. And then be sure to speak to one person, to one experience. That is not to say that you are only working with a monologue of people. When you speak to one person, anyone with 
that experience, anyone with that desire that you're talking about is going to feel like you are talking to them. Then there's all these other factors that make that person an individual. And I want you to remember that piece. So take time to define this and commit to working on your messaging rep by rep, post by post, email by email, really hone in on your messaging. This is how we communicate with everyone in our ecosystem from our free content that we put out on social media to people actually filling out our application from our sales page or in our DMs or whatever. Then once you've done those three things, you need to repeat that all the time with clarity and authority over and over and over and over again. Don't beat around the bush. Simplify, simplify, simplify. If someone can't apply or understand what you're saying, then you're unable to build credibility. You're unable to be seen as an authority. We want you to have people who trust you, who can take what you say, change something in their life for free, and then be like, excuse me, I need to give this person my money. What else can I learn from them? That's how we become an authority within our niche. And we need that as a business because businesses need to make money. All of the above that we just covered, you, your philosophy, your brand story, your niche, who you talk to, what problem you solve, that will all permeate your content, content that you create to provide bite-sized help to your audience, content you create to entertain the fun side of things, content you share in client case studies your philosophy, your approach, you gain credibility. I hope you can see how like your personality or the brand personality would permeate pieces of that. Whereas your philosophy, your background, your experiences would permeate other pieces of that. We have to have clarity in all three of these areas in order to become an authority in our niche. So if you are an entrepreneur, if this episode was helpful and you're like, I need more from this lady, check out my free workshop, anniemiller.co backslash workshop dash register. It's called Your Biz Your Way because I believe your business should be built your way. I just simply have a roadmap to help you with that. Check out my main mailing list, anniemiller.co slash news. Everything is always in the show notes. If you found the episode helpful, please give it five stars, leave a written review, let people know what they can expect. This was a bit of a spicy one, but hopefully, hopefully you felt love within the spice <laughs> and I will catch you guys in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to the Fitzboro Podcast.